You're listening to The Pastor Pod, sharing what we're learning to help you lead well in our culture today. This podcast is hosted by pastors Josh Robinson and Jay Mudd. Their goal is to be real, transparent, and let you in on what pastors really think about stuff. Welcome back to The Pastor Pod, a new podcast for pastors and leaders. Man, we're so glad you're joining us. Uh, I'm Josh here with my good friend Jay up in Boston, Massachusetts. How's it going up there, buddy? Man, I can only tell you that fall has definitely arrived. I'm sitting here in a hoodie. I've been in a hoodie all day. It's 48 degrees when I got up, and uh, it's only going down from here. Love it. Getting ready to uh, fire up the fireplace in a couple weeks, I'm sure, and it's going to be a blast. A little bit different than uh, down there in Florida, right? Yeah, man, we had a we had a morning where it was 69 degrees. We were super excited. I mean, we were posting on social media. My kids were outside, you know, shivering. (laughs) (laughs) We're having a great time, man. It's been a great week. We had a great beach baptism last Sunday, just a great celebration as a church and there was a special uh, baptism there, right? Yeah, man, I was baptized. I was a mess. I wore sunglasses so nobody would really know how much I cried. But man, I tell you so many just stories, you know, people uh, just coming to faith and celebrating through that moment. Uh, and the weather was awesome. And it, it was, it was just the most picturesque day. If you, if you don't know a lot about Southwest Florida, I mean, there's the sunsets are awesome, but literally there's a sun, a, the sun was going down. And on the other side, it rains here like crazy. There's mm-hmm. rain clouds coming, but there was a double rainbow on the other side. So it was literally like God was just showing off, but, uh, but, but more than anything, just uh, she was so, so ecstatic to go public with her faith. And I uh, just so encouraged by that, but it was, it was awesome, man. Celebration was so great. We ate food, we sang, everybody yep. hung out at the beach. So just a, just a good Florida day. Fantastic. Fantastic. Did you know that there's like 15 things a day that we're supposed to celebrate on social media nowadays? So I noticed this trend and I'm glad you brought it up because I feel I like to be a part. I have a little bit of FOMO, so I like to be a part of things. And I'm like, okay, I missed that one. I missed that one. I'm like, wait, what is happening right now? It was National Daughter's Day, then National Son's Day. Um, I think you sent me a text earlier. Isn't National Podcast Day? Yeah, it's September uh, 30th. Right, right, right. So that was uh, that that's happening. And then I think um, National custodial days coming up i'm really excited about that one right i think it <laughs> coincides with national fried scallop day i think it's on the same yeah. day yeah um, i'd like to submit some days i don't know how you submit days but you know <laughs> so i actually looked at this this is this is there's a website nationaltoday.com right is that what it is yeah yeah and that's it this, yep. this website is i'm i'm going look I, we need to be celebrating on october 4th national cinnamon roll day who doesn't Absolutely. need to celebrate that, right? I'm all in. I mean, you, it's National Cinnamon Roll Day, and then for lunch, you can celebrate National Taco Day because it's the same day. Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah, and actually, September 30th is National Love People Day. So. Oh, there you go. So, I mean, that's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> actually, today, while we're recording, it's National Coffee Day. Can I get an amen? Oh, all right. And National Starbucks Day. Uh, is today? Or- it's today. Oh, apparently. I didn't even know. Yeah. yeah, it's it's Simchat for a day. It's VFW Day and World Heart Day. Wow. So make sure you get all, all those pictures posted on social media today. Yesterday, you- yeah, yesterday was National Good Neighbor Day. 
and ask a stupid question day. So just just to make sure. <laughs> Bro, I don't know how you keep up with this. If you did, I mean, is there a hashtag for all these? I really want to look at this. this Probably. I think I'm going to spend yeah. a week. How about this? I'm going to spend a week trying to figure out how to really get on Instagram for everything for that week. <laughs> Let's see what happens. People probably think I'm crazy. You think people, people think I'm it. crazy? They would be like, Please what are it. you doing? I'm like, I'm just following the trend. <laughs> Hashtag trend. Um, just anyhow. trying to be cool, man. Uh, no, we're making fun. But I did notice that. I was like, I can't keep up. What is happening right now? So you're supposed to celebrate a lot of things, apparently, that I'm not celebrating. But please know, podcast world, I do love my family, my son and my daughters. Absolutely. (laughs) I did not get to Instagram, though. I can't keep up. I can't keep up. And I want to keep up. So, but uh, listen, I, I think that's just the nature of where we're heading in the world, Josh. I really do think. I think people think more is better. Bigger is uh, mm-hmm. better. And, and I, I kind of get it because my family acts that way. My family acts that way. Our motto, our family motto literally is go big or go home. It, it, that's our family motto. My wife, it drives her crazy. So we'll throw a barbecue and we'll invite a few people. And before we know it, there's 60 people in my house. Like that's how I operate. I was like, do you just want to invite everybody? Do you just want to put it on social media? Here's my address. Come to my house. Cause I do. I just, it gets out of hand really quick. And that rolls over into all sorts of like, you know, parts of my life. And so, yeah, I think we're just in, that's the kind of world we're in. And it mm-hmm. really does kind of relate mm-hmm. to what we're talking about today. Huh? Yeah. We're talking uh, about it. How do we deal with the tension between is bigger, better, right? Whether that right. relates to church leadership life. Um, and so we want to talk about that today. And we've got a few questions. We're going to also answer that were submitted about this question. Right. And I, I'm, I'm excited about this. And so, uh, Josh, so why, why, why do you even think? So, I mean, all jokes aside, so family's better. I mean, family, I, in my family, we always say bigger is better. So all jokes aside, uh, why do you think, why do you think there's this belief that bigger is better, always better? Like it's always bigger, better kind of concept. Why do you think that? I think as Americans, I mean, it's kind of built into the DNA, right? You want to go bigger, you want to go better. As a pastor, you know, I think there's a there's a there's a desire in all of us to make a big impact on the world. We want to see, you know, people's lives change. We want to see as many people come to know Jesus as possible because people need Jesus, right? They need hope. They need help. And so, for me personally, I one of my biggest dreams is just make as big of an impact as possible on on the people that God brings in my life. So whether that's through my church, through my family, like you, I mean. Uh, whether we have people over too, it ends up being more than we just we planned. If we plan a birthday party, everyone's invited. You know, you right. just it's because you just want to make an impact. And and but when it comes to church ministry, like the different different churches in different cities and different areas, or even internationally, you know how God's working in all different ways. It's easy, I think, for us in the states to look at a facility or a platform, or we compare ourselves and we say you know, big is wrong or small is wrong or medium or mediums just right, you know? And so it becomes dangerous for us as, as pastors and leaders, when we tie our identity or our worth to outward signs of success, when we think that's really what makes us important or that we're even valuable at all. And so that's something that I've struggled with many times. I know you've, we've, st- we've talked about this. And, and one of the questions that was submitted 
uh, was, was kind of this question, what matters more? Filling the seats of a church with more people or filling the hearts of the people with Jesus, even if it means less attendees. Mm. And, and I think that's a, that's a good question, right? I mean, Great question. Great uh, question. We, we've, we've all heard that as pastors, right? We heard people say, well, I don't like to go to a big church because there's too many people and I can't get connected. Or we go to a small church where we know everybody, um, but they're not, they're not maybe not reaching anyone. And so there's a tension there. And I think, uh, I think it's a both and not either or. I, I think that uh, the tension of why we exist as, as, a, as a church is to extend the gospel, to make disciples of all the nations. That, and that actually means reaching more people. Right. Uh, Jesus called his 12 disciples to go and, and spread out and plant churches. I mean, think about the, the early church, right? Acts chapter two, the early church started with 3000 people baptized. So by American standards, that's a mega church. And so the church exploded, but then they didn't just stay in Jerusalem, right? They went and they continued to spread the gospel. And there's a lot of people who mistakenly teach that, you know, the house church model is the biblical model, right? Because they only met in homes. Well, biblically, they met in homes and in the temple. It's in Acts chapter two, it's Acts chapter four. So there's a lot of extremism today uh, pushes back on the bigger is better. And so uh, the early church met in those different environments. Um, so I think every church's desire is to see more people come to Christ because our world is desperately lost without Jesus. But we should also have an equal desire to help those people grow and mature and, and learn how they too can go out and make disciples. What, what, what are your thoughts, Jay? And I'm kind of just. No, I think this continuing. is. I, listen, I'm just letting you kind of run with it. I love the passion there because I think everything you said is absolutely accurate. Uh, when we think about this, this tension that's there, because there is a tension. Um, and depending on where you stand is you probably the camp that you'll fall in on that. Right. Um, and I know, I know this is kind of even, even tackled, you know, this is a, something we all struggle with in church planting world. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think this is why pastors and leaders struggle a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. so, you know, if we're, we're, this is why we rub, rub it rubs us wrong is because, in the church planning world, deep down, I, I, I know a lot of planners really do care um, about making disciples, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's that struggle of like, well, we can only do so much or limited because we're not as big or whatever that uh, that that may mean, right? So not being big because bigger often comes with bigger challenges. And so we're like not ready for those, you know, uh, as the way we're set up as a church and things of that sort. And so I, I, this is just a big tension point because everybody mm-hmm. wants to grow, mm-hmm. um, but there's so much work that has to be done to lay the ground, the, the foundation, right? The groundwork in order to sustain growth. And so, uh, so many people, I know so many leaders who run to the growth and say, Hey, go back to the question you asked earlier. Mm-hmm. It's this idea of we should just fill the seats, right? Build mm-hmm. it and they will come the field of dreams model. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but the problem we find most often is when we build it and they come, are we really ready for them to mm. come? Uh, are we set up to where we can actually do what we've been called to do, which is make disciples who then make disciples. That's right. If we haven't done the work on the front end to lay the groundwork, to make disciples, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to reproduce. We're going to reproduce what we're getting. So it will always become that come and see versus go and tell concept. And so that's where the tension lies is we, we, we know the benefits that come with, with more people in the seats and more people attending and more people engaging. Um, but if we run after that, um, we miss the, the foundational work. It can be, it can be a scary, scary place. 
Yeah, I agree, man, because you can go down those different ways and it becomes really unhealthy long term if the goal is just to get butts and seats um, and not the goal to see them fully transformed and connected and growing. Um, so, th- so it's a both and. And I think, you know, I remember when I, I was a part of launching the North Campus in Jacksonville and just we started with a small group of 30. And so there's a desperation of, hey, we've got to go out and interact with neighbors. We're going to go to the ball fields like we're inviting everybody to church because it's just us. And if we don't receive enough people to build this church together, uh, we're not going to be able to make a big impact beyond these next few years. And so there's a little different desperation, like you were saying, than a church maybe that's established that has, you know, very, a lot of structure and financial support. And so for, for all the church planners out there, hang in there, know that you're not alone. Um, But at this, but really it's like, when it comes to worrying about, am, am I, am I like this church down the street or am I like this church I see online comparison uh, creates this, this insecurity mm. in all of us as leaders, when we really should be looking at God, how are you made me? How have you made me to make the biggest impact for your kingdom? And, and God has a different journey for all of us. So whether your church is a, a certain amount of you know, 300 or 3000 or 200 or 100, the goal is, how can I use my gifts, my abilities in the greatest way to reach people, make disciples? And then you go to bed and sleep well at night because you've done all you can in your power, but you've rested in the fact that God's the one that brings the change. God's the one that brings the growth. But I'll tell you, that's a, that's a tension. I don't well, always do that well. Listen, it's a struggle with this whole idea of comparison and, you know, looking and seeing what's out there. And, and unfortunately, you know, now I've, you can just turn on, you can go online, you can see any church you want. Uh, and it's it it can be difficult. It can be difficult. And I think you said something a minute ago that was just worth kind of reemphasizing this aspect of be comfortable and okay with who God created you to be as a leader, and trusting the process that God put you where you are at this specific mm-hmm. time with this specific people in this specific context, in order to ultimately fulfill His specific uh, vision for you, right? In that in mm-hmm. that ministry, right? And I think that that's huge. I think it's huge to, to really come to wraps with that. I was sharing with you before we even uh, kind of hit record today about how I'm in that process working with a, a real good friend of mine, a friend of both of ours. Um, and he was sharing with me and showing me, you know, really it's a good time for you to be honest with who you are. And I was sharing with you some of the tests I've been taking and things like that and really mm-hmm. revealing. And I'm like, yeah, I, I affirm that, but I have to own that. And so I'm not going to do some things that other people do really well. That's right. And I know that's that. Right. Yeah, And I have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm different than you, Josh, and you're different than me. You mm-hmm. have gifts and qualities and things that God uniquely put you together and how he knit you. I love that knit you in your mother's womb. Uh, he knit you and put you together to be unique, just like you are today. I'm very unique, very awkward. Right. But own that, <laughs> own that <laughs> and own the awkward. Listen, I know I'm awkward. My wife tells me all the time. She's like, Jay, <laughs> I, you know, come on. Right. And so I have to own that. And mm-hmm. I think owning mm-hmm. that and being good with who you yeah. are, uh, because I think on the flip side, when we start answering this question is bigger, always better. Uh, most of the time, what drives us to mm-hmm. unhealthy patterns in life mm-hmm. is what you're just talking about. This comparison game. It's yeah. unhealthy because we're, we're trying to be somebody we're not necessarily we're not. Right. Or even yeah. it's not the right time for that. Right. You know, and I think person. knowing knowing who you are, like you're saying, I I agree so much. Uh, learning how God has created you to make the biggest impact, not just for the kingdom, but where you can learn to be at peace with the way He's wired you, but always seek to grow, right? Seek to become mm-hmm. a better, you know, more godly husband and you know, 
a spouse and 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 dad and and pastor or leader, um, but it's it's a tension because our world that we're in teaches you the way up. It's always got to be up and to the right. You've got to be bigger than you were last year. You got, of course, 2020 took care of that with church leaders. You know, all the 2020 vision. We had to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, this is a new this is a new dynamic. This is a new uh, deal. How do we how do we impact people with the Lord in a creative way? Now, even right now, our church is in what we call it the Ford Initiative, where we are in a two-year generosity campaign to raise money for our first campus. All right, the Bridge Church is a portable church, but 20 years old. We'll be 21 in February, and we've been in 16 locations in those all over the, all those years. And so, that's so a now lot of chairs set up, right? Lots of chairs. <laughs> I mean, pipe and years. drape. Right. Pipe and drape will not be in heaven. I think right. that's, it's not in the Bible, but yeah. I just really feel strongly about that. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. So we are in this season, right? And we met with elders this last week. We're meeting with our team and we're dreaming together, but we're looking at the finances. And of course, this is the most expensive time to build anything in the history of mankind, apparently. <laughs> and so, but we're trusting God in that. Like how many seats should it be? Uh, how many seats are we filling now? How big do we build the building? Well, we want to build too small and then we run out of seats, but then you don't want to build too big and then you have no money to do ministry. And then you're, you're, you're considered quote unquote house poor. And, and, and I, and I've, I've been around that where churches overbuild or they're in so much debt that they're, the leaders don't sleep at night. And every week they're praying that enough money comes in to cover all these bills. And so, but what about the vision? Don't you have big vision? And so God is really teaching me through this season that ultimately a building isn't the goal. It, as God leads here at our church, if, if we build this first campus, the goal isn't building the campus. It's just a tool. I mean, it's just a place to use to reach and disciple people. And so I've been trying to emphasize that in my own life and to our church that when we arrive at that place, whatever God decides to do, right? That's not the goal. The goal is going, okay, who, who, where's that next church we can support? Who's that next missionary we can send? We, this place isn't the goal. My platform isn't the goal, right? Mm -hmm. It's ultimately a tool to use to, to make disciples and, and just reach people. So uh, that's something we're learning during this crazy COVID 2021. Well, yeah. And COVID, year, did, right? COVID did cause us all to go back to the drawing board, but now I'm beginning to even see even some of the circles I'm in. There's even now, again, the comparison game, like, okay, now, now there's even more. It's not about what you were doing on the weekend. And now it's, okay, what are you doing online? What's your online look like? How many are you engaging with online? Now there's this comparison game that's kind of playing, coming out now of like, now there's even more to keep up with. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's always going to be there. We just have to learn how to navigate it. That's right. um, it's, 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 it's always going to be there. It's a temptation of mankind. Unfortunately, is we're, we're always comparing ourselves to others. Um, we should be um, stirring one another, spurring mm -hmm. one another, right? We should, we should be yep. sharpening one another, encouraging one another, but uh, it shouldn't be in a negative sense of like, I should feel horrible if I can't reach where you're reaching now. Right. Mm -hmm. So, That's right. and I think it would be unwise of us not to really kind of tackle and look at the idea of what, what did, what, what is Jesus like? If we go to scripture here and look at this aspect of is bigger, always better. Mm -hmm. What did, what does Jesus actually say about this? Um, you know, what, what did he have to say about the concept of comparison or bigger yeah. is always better? 
Well, you look at his heart, right? Jesus, of course, for God so loved the world. So if, if you were to say bigger is better, God's heart is bigger than, right. than anything we could ever imagine, right? That he came to provide a way back to God. And we serve a God that's big, but a God that's also close to us and intimate, our best friend, and that cares about our need. Um, but where it gets really icky and where it gets really unhealthy is when we start building our kingdom and God's really clear. He resists the proud, right? But gives grace to the humble. And so I know in my life, I'm continually saying, Lord, help me to, to never get in the way of what you want to do in my life. And that's happened many times and God has humbled me. Um, but I would say these two words, having a humble confidence in what God can do to give him all the glory for whatever he wants to do. But ultimately knowing that it's not about me, it's not about uh, what I bring to the table, but ultimately it's his kingdom to be, to be, to be brought forth. And I think a great example of that is John the Baptist, right? I, I'm, I'm preparing a sermon this week to kind of talk about him, but uh, John the Baptist, I mean, he had incredible following. He was the cousin of Jesus. I mean, this guy was captivating, right? I mean, if you go study his life, he was bold. He was exciting. He ate locusts and honey. He wore crazy clothes. I mean, this guy was, was, was attracting multitudes to leave Jerusalem and come out into the wilderness to hear him preach. So this guy must have been an incredible leader. and was. But instead of using that for his own glory, what did he say? He said, I must decrease. He must increase. He even said, you know, I'm, I'm not worthy to untie his sandals. So I think in John the Baptist, we see just a model of someone that's bold, that, that dreams big, but ultimately the goal is to point to Jesus. And I think that's something God is, is trying to, to teach me in this season. And, and Jesus said he was the greatest who ever lived. In Matthew chapter 11, he literally said the greatest who's ever lived was John the Baptist. And he modeled a life that continually pointed people to Christ, even when he could have said, no, no, follow me. Follow, Cause they were saying, aren't you the Messiah? Aren't, I mean, you're awesome. You look what you're doing. And he continually deflected the praise from himself to Jesus. He said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What an incredible picture of what we should be as leaders and what I hope to grow into in, in my life. Yeah. I, 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 Exactly. I don't know if I can add much more to it. That's exactly, I think Jesus' heart is for more. He wants us to reach those yeah. that are far from him. Uh, but at mm -hmm. the same time, there's humility that must come in that, um, that it's not about us. It's, it definitely is about him. And, and, yeah. and all the heroes that we looked at, we can look at through scripture, that's the same concept. You think about Paul, and Paul was continually pointing to, to Christ, right? Um, even though people were, you know, wanting to follow him and to really, you know, raise him up, uh, he was all to, always deflecting. I like that idea of deflecting, right, to mm -hmm. who Jesus is and what Jesus accomplished. Because really, we accomplish nothing outside of of him, and we know that, uh, and we have to trust that. And God, we often have to remind ourselves of mm -hmm. that. Um, mm -hmm. And so, um, I had a professor in college. I, you might have had him. Um, and he was he was super, super intentional about the aspect of deflecting and making sure that no one uh, gave yeah. him uh, any kind of praise. He would even. Yeah, I remember that. You, if you know what professor I'm talking about, he even yes. was like, you know, please, I would ask that you don't, you know, pray for me as I'm. It was almost yeah. as like I was like, I could not believe it at first. I was like, what is this? Yeah. I think the yeah. heart behind it was like, hey, the heart really was good. Want, I really want to deflect. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. many seminary students, many Bible college students were like, 
I don't get it. I don't get that. But yeah, I think, it's I think there's a, there's a healthy way to receive encouragement and say, thank you for encouraging me, but not let it go to our heads. You know, right. like I, I was at the baseball field. I'm helping coach my, my son's little league team and uh, encouraging one of the guys to, to come to church and just praying for him. And he said, so are, are you like, uh, so you're a pastor? I was like, yeah. He's like, are you like the guy? I'm like, I don't know what you mean. He's like, no, like, are you like the, the lead guy? I'm like, I, I preach a lot and I, and I'm, you know, I guess you could say I'm, I'm the lead pastor, the lead teaching. He goes, Oh, Oh, Oh. I said, but dude, here's the thing, man. We have a lot of great pastors. I said, I just point to the guy. I'm not the guy I point to the guy. He's like, right. Oh, I get it. I get it. But you know, for him, it's like, are you, you, you know, it, cause there's this, that weird, uh, you know, that weird view of a pastor. Like, Oh, are you the, are you the guy? It's like, well, I'm just a pastor that's pointing to the guy. You know, <laughs> I think like, you know, it's like, why is this so awkward? Why, why, why do we in American churches make this so weird? Why, why do we treat pastors like, like oh, wh- whether you're an associate lead teaching pastor, small group, why, why do we treat it so weird? Why, why can't we honor each other and not make it about, there's just this one guy on the top of the ladder and he's the only one that can give vision. He's the only one that can share anything exciting and inspiring. It really bugs me that yeah. we've created this culture that the guy at the top of the ladder, you know, is the only one that can really speak for the Lord. And I just think it's unhealthy. This isn't part of this podcast episode. Maybe that's a whole nother one, but I mean, yeah, I was just gonna. Let but I mean, like, here's the thing, man. We need to become. Tell us what you really think. Tell us yeah, what you really tell think. Yeah, it's bigger, always better. Like at the end of the day, every pastor is temporary. Every pastor is is at a place for a certain season. It might be 30, 40 years at one place, or it might be less, whatever. But to know that that success and your effectiveness is not in your title. But what did Jesus say? Well done, good and faithful servant. We can't ever lose that fact that my greatest impact would be how I serve others, not how I'm served. So that's just a sidebar. That's 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 extra for today. Hey, I like the bonus. That's a bonus right there. I think it's good. Uh, you never know when it's going to come out. Uh, thanks for sharing that, though. I think I think there's something there. And, you know, with going into the month of October, which is traditionally in many areas, the, the, the pastor appreciation month. Mm-hmm. I know we've had some conversations about where we're taking the podcast in the month of October. I I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good. Um, I think pastors are going to be encouraged by spending some time. And mm-hmm. I even think people who are not pastors will be encouraged on understanding. Maybe if we can pull back the curtain a little bit about what pastors mm-hmm. really, you just did. You pulled back that curtain. Yeah. I'm just why saying do people this, make yeah, it weird. Like, why is this weird? Because you know, we're called to just be servants of the Lord. And it's not about it. It's not about us getting special accolades. Like, and, and we've just created that. I don't think anybody's meant to create that, but, and it's the bigger, always better. It's, Oh, you, Oh, you're, you're at, Oh, that's where you're at. Oh, you've, you've gotten to that place. You know, I remember back in youth pastor days, when do you become, when are you going to become a real pastor? And I would, <laughs> I would usually tell the older ladies, I don't think I'll ever will be, you know, because the, like in their mind, I wasn't a real pastor until I was in this certain position. And I think they meant well, and I, I always appreciated their encouragement. Um, but it's, it's, it's growing in that, that heartbeat of saying it's not ultimately about self. And we live in a culture that promotes self. It's always about how do I get my name out there? How do I build my platform? And at the end of the day, if I'm building Josh's platform or Jay's platform, that's a, that, that's a dead end road because at the end of that, 
is self and uh, it doesn't help anybody. And so I think with churches, we've got to always ask the question, if the goal is just bigger, if it's just bigger buildings, bigger staff, bigger budgets, and that's the goal, and we're not leading people closer to Jesus and making disciples that make disciples, then what are we doing? What, why are we doing all of this? You know, right. That's good. So I guess we need to answer the question that is for today is so is bigger always better. So we've talked about a lot. We've talked about what Jesus says. We've talked about what we think, what, you know, why we think leaders struggle from our perspective, but is yeah. bigger always better. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I think I've heard it said, I don't know who said it, but they said that better is better and, and healthy is better. Um, I, I love the idea of excellence. Excellence is doing the best you can with what you have. You know, perfection is the dark side of excellence. One of my mentors always taught that. And so what it might mean, it, it's something, it's, it's applying that principle to whatever context you're in, whether you're a church planner in a school, whether you're, you know, you're at an established church or maybe you're at a business or whatever, God has called all of us to make much of him regardless of our facility or our resources, because at the end of the day, we serve a big God who wants to do big things through faithful people, but it might not be the big things that the world would define as big. Um, I believe we're, we're going to be surprised in heaven over who receives rewards. You know, you might think the, the, the well-known popular, you know, what, whoever is going to be the one racking up all the, the crowns and, 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 and those heavenly rewards when we might meet some people that are just not even, not even known on in this side of eternity that Jesus is going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so, um, I think it's, there's nothing wrong with a small, medium, large church, but I think there's something wrong with a small vision. I think we can all agree on that because mm -hmm. we serve a big God, you know, Ephesians right. 3 20, ooh, ooh. right? He can do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine or think through his mighty power at work within us. So how about you, Jay? Well, I think if my, if my church here in Boston milestone hears me say Ephesians 3.20 again. Uh, th that's just, that's, we live there going, hey, look, we believe he can do far more than we can think or imagine. We believe that. And if we believe that he's capable of doing that, and he's a big God, then uh, we need to not limit him on what he can do in and through us. That's right. That's um, right. Specifically, it starts in us. You know, as I was processing this, and obviously we, we think about the topic beforehand, um, I wish we could get on here and just rattle and rattle and rattle, but we think about it and process it. I began to really process what it would look like and you know is bigger always better and i think there are some um, clear indications and clear indicators that we need to be mindful of when we're thinking about uh, our motives behind things and and you know why we're doing what we're doing and and, and I'll, I'll give you a handful here what i'm thinking i'm thinking you know it may be unhealthy uh to be bigger if it's no longer something that you can manage right it's not something you can you can manage anymore you've You've only gone after the butts in the seats, and now you have 200 people, and you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with this. And there's you, there's no plan. There's no there was no hard work done beforehand. You just went out of gathering people. Um, I know pastors that have told me in in transparency, they've said, Hey, I, I can. I, I there's a great temptation for me to lean into my personality. I have attractive personality. People want to be around me, and I want to be around those pastors. And if they're not careful, they can attract a large crowd, but they're not really doing anything with it um, because they, they, they're, it's not manageable. They can't manage it. They don't know how. They don't, they're, they're not prepared for it, right? And so if, if, it's, if it's not manageable, it may not be wise to continue to try to seek after something that's bigger. 
I think another thing is that is really uh, the real motive check here is what are you attempting to glorify yourself or are you attempting to glorify God? Mm-hmm. Uh, which one are you? What what are you? What are you after here? Whose platform as we talked about here earlier? What platform are mm-hmm. we building? Um, whose platform are we building? Are we deflecting to him or are we putting the focus on us? Are we in the spotlight or is he in the spotlight? Um, you've mentioned multiple times vision, right? I think another thing we need to be careful of is, is vision must remain in the driver's seat. Uh, what are we really about? Um, we can't let people, programs, things like that uh, drive what we're doing. Uh, the goal is not to put another program in place. The goal is to make disciples that make mm-hmm. disciples. Um, and then I think when you get down to it, when you when you begin to realize, I think we're beginning to sacrifice, uh, you know, quality for uh, quantity. We want we want more, but it's going to mean that we we can't give whatever it may be. Right. Yeah. Um, I think there's a struggle there. And, you know, uh, I think you've been to I, I'll even relate it to this way. You've been to a restaurant before where uh, they've grown, they've, they've started to blow up, but all of a sudden their food start tasting bad. And you're like, ah, I don't know if I like it anymore, you know. <laughs> Because it's no longer the mom and pop who's been doing it a long time. They, they started branching out and starting other things, and they've just the quality's gone away, and it's no longer who it used to be. Mm-hmm. And so how do you keep that quality um, as you add quantity? I think there's mm-hmm. some work that needs to be done in there. So that's, that's my thought process when it, you know, yeah. bigger is not always better. What, what, yeah, what and I thoughts? think yeah, going with that, just the idea of I think you said it, just the idea of structuring for growth. Like if I really believe that if God is sending the people to grow a church bigger, right. With more people that need Jesus. I really do think in a lot of ways, God is going to send the people to the church that is structuring for that preparing leaders that has a, not only the vision to reach people, but they're saying, Hey, how are we going to care for, for folks when they come in? How are we going to care for people that are coming out of addictions and, and brokenness? Are, are we just going to just expect them to sit in a row and not get in a circle? You know, how are we, how are we going to equip people to serve? You know, just, just echoing what you're saying, I do think that when we are actively saying, God, help us to manage the people that you bring us with, with, with excellence and with love and care. Um, I think that really goes into it. Uh, but when we, like you're saying, you're not, you're not, you're not doing with excellence. You're not thinking about the quality of that. Uh, I really think that's where you can grow bigger. You can do big things, but what kind of impact do you have in, in their life spiritually and, and beyond those people that come in? for them to be able to go out and reach people as well. So, right. The goal is not just to entertain people for a couple hours a week. It's to really make disciples of said, yeah. but you know, this is not all bad at the same time. I think there is some indicators that, you know, bigger may be better at times. So I think the word always might be the, the key here is mm-hmm. like, you know, sometimes bigger is better. That's the re- that's where we should be moving towards. And I, I think there are some, some indicators where you can go, okay, maybe it is time for us to move forward maybe it is time for us to 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 expand and and i think there's some indicators there i think one is that you now have something that is manageable and scalable right your goal should be to produce something that can be reproduced this mm-hmm. is disciple making right go and make disciples uh some of the best disciples you can make are the ones that are reproducing what you've been taught and invested in you mm-hmm. uh, teach them all that i've commanded you is what jesus said so therefore now you're you're reproducing something that jesus established right mm-hmm. so manageable and scalable uh, i think the idea of keeping it focused on god as you said with john the baptist and the illustrations you used of if we are continually pointing to jesus pointing to who he is and what he's done um, it's going to bring people mm-hmm. um and and i think i was mentioning earlier you know a ministry coach and 
I love, he said something to me. He said, you know, when we're making decisions in life, uh, this was just so, I think this was gold. I just, I, I, I think more people need to hear about this. This guy, he said, when you're making decisions um, of what you're doing, um, you should actually take the path of greatest surrender. So I, it hit me. It went, I went, so taking the path of greatest surrender. And again, you might go, well, doesn't, doesn't God care about, you know, where I'm at? Doesn't he care about what I'm going through? Doesn't he care about my family? Doesn't he care about finances? What is, doesn't he care about all those things? And he does. But if you choose the path of greatest surrender, what that means is he's God is priority and God is number one. And what we know is when we do that, God takes care of those other details. He takes That's care right. of the family. He takes care of you. He takes care of your circumstances. He, he guides you through it all because you surrendered to him. And so if our decisions are based in our greatest, you know, the, the path of greatest surrender, it's this idea mm. of like, what's going to challenge me to surrender more to God. Mm. And through that, God is going to multiply and that's where we come back to like bigger. Yeah, God's going to do something great with that because yeah. of the sacrifices that you have made, the surrendering you have done. Most people see mm -hmm. a church that is huge, full of people. What they are not aware of is the sacrifices, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the endless sacrifices that were made by numerous people, not just the guy you see on the platform or the worship leader you see on the platform, but numerous sacrifices that were made in order to be where they are today because they chose mm -hmm. the path of greatest surrender. Um, and, and I think that's what you see a lot of times taking place that nobody recognizes. So keeping that focus on God. And when you do that, you may be surprised at what happens, right? When bigger mm -hmm. things get bigger and things continue to grow because God mm -hmm. is in control. Uh, and then the, the last thing comes back to that idea of vision, uh, knowing where you're going and why. I think the biggest mm -hmm. question is why, why are you going where you're yes. going? You yes. mentioned it and you're building, you talking about the building thing that you guys were talking about, Right. Why it's not about the building, right? We're going to be okay mm -hmm. with whatever happens there. Mm -hmm. We know where we're going. We're wanting mm -hmm. to make disciples and God's going to take care of those details. And we're going to be good. And we're going to do the best we can with what we have. And I mm -hmm. think that's where, where it really lands. And so when you do those things, you may recognize that, Hey, we're get, we're going to get bigger. Things are going to grow. And that's not a bad thing. So I don't mm -hmm. want people to under, misunderstand the fact that we're saying bigger is not better. Mm -hmm. There's times when it's not better because yep. it's not healthy, mm -hmm. but there are times when, hey, God's doing something, as Henry yeah. Blackerby says, and experiencing God. Find out what yeah. God's at work and join him. Absolutely, that's such good. That's such good wisdom. Um, I do think an unhealthy church that finds a way to attract more people just becomes a bigger unhealthy church. Um, right. And so we, especially in American churches, we we value big, big, big. And so um, I would just echo. Uh, seeking to grow in a healthy way for the glory of God. And we should always pray big prayers because mm. we prayed with a big God who has a big heart for a lost world. So, so our prayer life, our, our leadership style should always be who's, you know, that person that's not there yet. And always, always focusing our people, not inward, but outward, because that's healthy. You know, Jesus did not come for those that, uh, that don't think they need a doctor, but those that are sick. And so human nature is to cocoon ourselves and hang out with our besties and not go out. And so part of leadership, part of discipleship, following Jesus, it's continually learning that it's not about me. It's about others. Um, and so I know in my life, I'm, I'm learning this. I, I am, have a long way to go, uh, but God has called us to have a big vision, but it's going to look different for all of us. 
I mean, there, there are people around the world that are pouring out the gospel in areas will, where they're never going to be seen or heard probably, uh, but they're making an impact for the kingdom. And so um, God has a calling for each of us. It all looks different. And uh, we got to stop comparing and start encouraging each other. Yeah, listen, God needs those that are going to reach five, those that are going to reach 10, those that are going to reach 50, 100. He needs, God's using all of those people. Um, yeah. It's not about what, you, it, yeah, so stop, like you said, comparing and start encouraging. I like that. I yeah, that's like great- uh, that's that's why I avoid a lot of pastor meetings unless it's actually getting together like this and talking about our lives. Because usually you, you show up and they say, so how many you got? And I'm like, what do you mean? How many you got? I, I don't know what you mean. I usually play, I usually dance around it. How many people go to your church? And I always say, not enough. Because there's more people that need Jesus. Get them. And so that usually stops the whole conversation. And then we actually talk about our lives. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Josh, I think this has been fun and I think it's been good. Uh, I've been encouraged through this, this process. Yeah. uh, I always enjoy hanging out with you. And if you've been listening to the pod and you have some questions, uh, about anything, church, leadership, uh, once you send it to the pastorpod at gmail.com, uh, you can also uh, follow along on Spotify or we're on Apple, uh, Apple uh, podcast now. So that was, that's an exciting, took us a little while to get there. They finally let us in. Apple is, and a, so, is a beast. <laughs> yeah. So we're in, man. I guess we're official now. But if you are, if you've been encouraged by the podcast, uh, let us know if there's anything you'd like us to discuss. We're going to be bringing on some awesome, awesome uh, guests here in the next couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for that. And we're glad you're joining us. Yeah. And uh, again, we're here every single week with new content, new, new, exciting things to discuss and talk. And uh, really, we hope this is an encouragement to each and every person that's listening. And uh, Josh, I guess until next time, we will uh, we'll see you soon, man. Yeah. See you guys next time.